1: worker of yours? Yes, indeed. We're back at it, talking real estate in that ten o'clock hour here on CCR every Saturday. All right, uh, Chris and Eddie, I always like to ask you what the what the week was like since we uh, talked Well, oh, Good morning.
2: What's okay.
0: happening?
3: Well, I know. Uh, well, I know what's happening. We have uh, TravisMNLoans.com dot com here today.
2: Who? TravisMNLoans. Yeah, <laughs> is that my new last name? <laughs> yeah, le- yeah, le- exactly. legally
0: he changed his name. That's how. Or Travis this guy Whitford is. with
3: Bay Equity. There you go. Home. Loans. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, I'll tell you what. We're going to talk a little um, condominiums. We don't get to talk about condominiums a lot. I know, uh, I mean, it's, uh, well, let's start with that, Mr. Prasky. Mm-hmm. What's the definition between a condo and a townhouse?
0: You know, I think the
3: condo. Physically. How about physically oh, first? You
0: know, condos uh, generally is more like an apartment style of a building. Exactly. But then there's condo. Um, riders on almost every townhouse that I sell now, too, you know, where they're actually, they have the, the rules and the, you know, kind of ownership. bylaws, a way of ownership, yeah. yeah.
3: You know, that's interesting. And I think a townhouse would probably be described as it, it's got its own door, mm-hmm. you know, that you can kind of you can go up to the door and go in. And typically a condo is in like an apartment style um, facility. These are myths, though. Oh, boy. So you see, that's why we're, that's I mean, why it's Travis, him and The, general, hey, man, lo- the generalization
2: is, you know, the condo is the apartment style place, but it it ultimately comes down to how it was, you know, legally done. So, how's um, it le- legally ri- written up. I, you'd be surprised on how many townhouses where you, you know, drive by and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a nice townhouse development. They're actually legally condos. And, um, you know, when, it, when the property's a condo, there is uh, more things you got to worry about on the loan side of things, so and, and, and typically, what the big determining factor is that, that I see without calling the association is is who pays the water bill. If the water bill is tied into the association dues, it's you know ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's going to be a condo. If the unit owner plays the pays pays the water bill on their own, then it's a townhouse. Really, mm-hmm. hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's the big that's the big thing. I'm not 100% sure what the reason rationale is for it. I think it has to do with the land. Yeah. You know, it's a condo, you don't own the land. The townhouse, you own the land, so I think there's something to do with that. But, uh, but yeah, the water bill is, like, the huge thing what ultimately determines a condo.
3: Yeah, I know with uh, FHA financing sometimes that they, they're not eligible to do
2: condominiums. Yeah, correct. Well, so with FHA loans, the whole development... Would have has to be approved to able to get an FHA loan on it, but we got good news coming up here. Starting on October fifteenth, um, FHA has uh, announced uh, a new plan where lenders can do um, single unit approvals on uh, on on FHA loans. So, so, if
3: the the actual whole complex is not approved, you can actually do each individual you unit. You can attempt. No. Okay. Yes,
2: yeah, you have to, you know, send in a bunch of documents and you know there's, you know, there's restrictions and stuff like that. I mean, it has to be a, you know, 5 unit condo development or greater. Um, you know, the concentration of uh, FHA loans that are going to be in that unit can it can't exceed 10%. So normally it's like 50% if the, if the, everything's approved. The owner-occupied concentration has to be at at least fifty percent. So, if uh, more than half the units are rentals, you know you won't be able to to get it. But basically, um, this is for you know either condo projects that either have not been previously or ever been approved by FHA, or if they're projects that that had their FHA approval expire, or projects that you know either they withdrew or or um, were rejected by FHA
3: because I've had that before, where um, a place is FHA approved and all of a sudden they forgot to get their paperwork in. Association did, and now it wasn't approved. Yep, yep. and we had to go through some big rigor. Oh yeah, it's get it done.
2: It's it's a it's a drawn out process. You know, it's not something that that's done in a, you know a week or two or anything. I think
3: like in, in one circumstance, I think we had to wait like two months. Yeah, something mm-hmm. um, right. We had to wait for it to actually get approved again through the association they just kind of let it lapse and so my seller had to wait two months to get it sold because this person that's all they could go and a
0: lot of those associations are just doing that to cut costs i mean they're not they're not doing it to be malicious or mean to anybody they just it's one more thing they don't have to maintain they can keep their costs you know at base. so if you don't have a lot of turnover in a building for example or in a association sometimes that's okay to see that Because it just tells you, hey, this is a great place, great investment. There's not a lot of turnover here. It's people staying long term and caring, you know, and so and keeping your expenses for a lot of us is important. You know, keep them under control. But I
3: also think that you want as many ways to be able to finance that property as you can because that brings in more buyers. As a
0: seller, of course. So that's so something. Okay, so let's talk about that because, you know, as a seller, you're getting ready to sell your your, uh, townhouse, as we call them. But let's say it's a condominium community. Um, that's where planning ahead a little bit, going to the association and asking them, are we, do we have that FHA, VA, whatever number so that we can offer that when we go to sell our house? Because I think we can get more money. Your real estate agent can show you the statistics on how many people are using what kinds of financing when they're closing. That's a report we can run on the MLS. And so you can kind of see what's been happening out there.
1: So
3: I wonder too, Travis, if it's not, if it's not FHA approved, is this something a seller can be proactive about and, and try to get it singly, um, approved before the loan even starts
2: yeah I, well i would assume so i mean this is a whole new process it doesn't start till next week so i'm not even fha doesn't really 100 percent know how it's all gonna pan out but i would assume that that would be uh something that could could easily be done um to get a get get out get out ahead of it on the front end if, if the association is not you know fully approved for for fha financing
3: you know, I, with uh, financing uh, a condo or a townhouse per se, there's the association fee. Now that that is something that you have to use in your qualifications, right? Correct. Okay, and what I think is interesting because on a house, you don't have to use um, your garbage bill, and a lot of times the association, or hey, you don't have to save money to be able to, for future maintenance. That you don't have to on a house, you don't have to qualify for those extra costs, but in association you do.
2: Yeah, and then sometimes like some of the condos, especially I know there's you know a few of them here downtown that you know have your internet or uh, gas, you know, electric, you know, some, water. Yeah, yeah some you know have a lot of those things. Hence why there's a pretty high association due and. You know, so there's a lot of things that are tied into that association fee that typically aren't analyzed in qualifying. So now you have to qualify them with that, with that because it's in the association dues.
3: So there's no, so if it's in the association dues, you have to, it, it's no question you have to qualify for it, even if Correct. it's uh, internet or cable or yep. any of that stuff. Yep. It has to go in there. Yep.
2: The association dues is part of your housing qualifying payment. So it's, you pay it separate. You pay it separate directly to the association, so it's not like lumped into your mortgage payment, and then the mortgage company pays it for you. They're actually, you know, two separate payments. But, um, but we count it as your housing, your qualifying payment, and your housing payment
3: because it's it's. I mean, it's happening every month, yes. And so that's why they do it. I don't. It's just kind of interesting because on a house you don't. I know. You don't have yeah. to do that. So
2: it's. So if you're really tight. You know, on your qualifying issues and you're buying a condo that has all these bells and whistles and with the association fees, you know, and maybe you don't get approved because of it. And it's that that your other payments that you would have had anyway that you could have got approved with if it wasn't in well, there. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, hey, you can buy a
3: $200,000 townhouse, but you could buy a $250,000 house. Right. You know, because of that. So um, people, I mean, beginning home buyers are kind of confused by that. You know, they're thinking, geez, I can get... A condo, I or a townhouse, I can get a nice townhouse for two hundred fifty thousand. Well, uh, no, you'd have to get two hundred thousand to be able to qualify for that. That you would a house comparably.
2: Yeah, and you know it's all lifestyle too. You know, I mean, some people love the idea of being in a in a condo or a, a shared association like that because you know they don't want to deal with mowing the lawn, they don't want to deal with the snow, they don't want to. They, they want to have the amenities that that development, you know, provides.
3: Right. Well, you know. we talk about lifestyle living a lot. I mean, I remember when I was first getting started in um, investment properties and buying properties, my theory was, is that I wanted um, homes because I didn't want that extra cost that came with it, with the association and stuff like that. Fast forward 20 years, I think that might not have been a bad idea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be able to have that because- I mean, then you're not, you're not dealing with it. You're really dealing with just the inside part of the house. And um, if you've had rentals for a long time, you tend to see that you know, the outsides, if people don't take care of it, and let's just say it's landscape, and that gets out of hand, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very expensive to come back and try to get that back into shape.
0: Oh, for sure. I know mm-hmm. my family has uh, several rentals too, and they have uh, associations. And as long as you have good tenants, where meaning that there's, you know, they're following the rules and they're you know just like everybody else, then there's usually no issues at all. So the associations can be your best friend or they can be your worst enemy as well because they're also, once you have a, a habit of parking in the wrong spots or whatever, your phone starts ringing. And so it's, you know, we've always had very good um, luck with tenants. We, you know, like I said, my dad's always been one of those guys that he says, hey, let's put a fair rent on things. People stay longer. People, you know, because they feel that, you know, that you're being fair. And so then they, you know, treat product better. And it's we're been gonna, a good good strategy. Yeah, the we're
1: going to do a little trivia after the break. That's I'm, good. Very good. Stand by you guys. And now with the 33 degrees and light snow, guys, take it away. More real estate talk here at CC.
3: All right, Mr. Prasky, uh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Trivia Man.
0: Well, you know, so everybody reading in the paper right now has kind of got this in the back of their mind: Is this going to be the end of the housing? Is there a bubble? Is there whatever? But I, so I dug up some stats on this, and I thought, you know, so when there's been what they call a recession in the past versus a housing crisis of the fa- the past five recessions, which one of them I would include. You know, so we had one in 1980, 81, 91, 2001, and 2008. Of those five, how many of those years do you think during recessions did houses depreciate versus appreciate? Would you guess?
3: During a recession?
0: During a recession, do houses go up in value or do they go down in value?
3: I would, I would say equal or down.
0: Yeah, and actually three of the last five houses have gone up an average of 3.7%. Housing so, has gone
3: up during up, recessions. During
0: recessions, which is interesting because the market's so distracted with other things. Rates sometimes come down. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. So it's, you know, as we- I think
3: recent memory is the thing? Because, I mean, the last no, one- we 2008, houses
0: went down 19.7%. Yeah. It says nationally on average, which people don't realize. I
3: think that's what you remember.
0: And that's what this we're finally back to where we've crawled back out of that hole. But houses historically over the last, you know, as long as they've been tracking them, average about uh, just under 4%. And that's normal. So like right now when we're seeing 6 and 7% and you say, well, geez, houses are getting ahead of income. It's true. And so what happens is there might be a soft correction or maybe there's less demand for the houses that are overpriced. So sometimes what you'll see is it's not that houses are going down in value. You're getting people that have to price their houses correctly. So they're getting so far ahead of the market, thinking optimistically, like, hey, last year was 7%, it'll be 7% again, and you go up 7% on your pricing, and you really should only go up 3% or 2%, and then your house will sell. So it's it's more of a, I'd say, a, a, a check, you know, when you have a, a recession, or people have a fear of a recession, like we're seeing right now, there is a slowdown out there. I mean, the houses were not getting the showings that we were getting, um, but we are still seeing stuff sell, but it's selling when it's an honest price, or, you know what I mean, when you're looking at the market analysis, so...
3: Yeah, and I think, too, I think what's happening with people um, when they're buying now, it's that a lot of sellers believe that, hey, we can just put it on and not have to do the stuff we have to do to be able to kind of uh, attract that buyer and and price it right. What they're doing is they're not quite doing all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I say not doing all their stuff, maybe they're not – Decluttering what they should, and I mean when you when you go to sell that mm-hmm. house has to look like a model home right i mean you're you're on display right. you know, and you've got people coming in immediately uh at the beginning too, but if you don't do it right, it's not gonna sell mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you do it right, it's gonna sell
0: so okay, let's ask the question a lot of people are asking themselves right now Should we list in the fall, Chris Rooney, or do we want to wait till spring until it's the busy spring buyers' market
3: i've uh um, in October uh, alone, um, we'll be listing our uh, sixth house yep. this month. We've already of the of, of the six, three of them have already sold mm-hmm. in in October. And, and so, well, why do you think that is? Because we did it right, and, we, and <laughs> of no, course. I mean, of well, am <laughs> well, well, yeah, assuming that but you're you
0: obviously no, but i doing do correctly, no, and by
3: by doing it correctly is that knowing what else is on the market. Yeah. You know, because some of that market, hey, there's no, no one in it, right? And identifying markets that want people in it, right? You know that there's not enough, that there's people looking, but they're not, they're not getting it. So, and then doing it, doing the house right, making sure that you're going mm-hmm. to market the right way. You're,
0: you're spending the time with the client to prep on the front and spell check all your ads, and
3: <laughs> yeah, right. No, but you know what <laughs> I'm, I'm joking me. with yeah.
0: you. I know you guys do a great job. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I think it's more of a, also the the psychology behind the buyers that it's. You know, there's a lot of buyer demand still. It's very strong, you know, this time of the year that it's um, the average market time was like 31 days last month, you know, so it's like in the fall, there's less competition. So the the biggest months of the year are generally the spring when you have that March, April and May, there's more competition for you as a seller on the market. So instead of just having one house for sale on your street, or I always say my, my favorite thing to study is you know what's for sale within a half a mile of your house and and back in 2008 i would say there's 75 houses for sale on average or 60 houses nowadays it's 2 it's tight. I mean the market's tight. So when you think about positioning yourself against a competition and you want to sell and you look at that, you know, strategy of hey, in the fall there's less competition so the buyers that are actually out there are serious buyers, you're right. It's a good strategy.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got one example of a house in Egan that we just did and it's 825 and in that 8 to 900 market over there, there's 11 houses that are listed. 9 of them are new construction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, okay, hey, that's what we're competing against. But you know what new construction means yep. it's a model that they might not sell. Yeah. And it's a to be built that, hey, we could put it up. And then there's a few sticks that yeah. are up on some of them. Well, that's
0: kind of like Dayton. I live right in Champlain, you know, and so there's, you know, always 60, 70 houses on the market in Champlain at any given time for sale active. You look at um, Dayton, which is generally a smaller populace, and there's usually 30, 40 houses for sale. Well, now there's like 90. And or 80, you know what I mean? And you look at it and more than 50 of them are all the new construction to be built houses because there's all these fantastic new opportunities there. And so that marketplace is absorbing, like you said, the new construction. It's in a growth mode where there's, you know, it's very exciting time to be in that in that community. So, yeah, also, I mean,
3: also in this fall, too. I mean, the, the interest rates still aren't too bad. No,
2: they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're. At, you know 30-year fix that uh, you know four under you know they've been bouncing around quite a bit here in the month of uh, uh september um early september i think it was like the 4th through the 11th or whatever we saw we saw our our worst increase to rates in a three-year period and then you know couple weeks you know slowly, but surely over the next two, three weeks, it you know filtered back, comes back yeah. you know so so there there is quite a bit of
3: volatility Let me ask you, what what happened on that did Did people kind of like oh my gosh and, and lock in at those higher rates or did they wait it out?
2: no, most people if there were refi situations, most people waited, I advise refi, them, but like, how about yeah, like for buys. purchases yeah. Most of with my clients, I didn't have the active buyers that needed to lock right at that time. They were okay. already previously locked, and now I got a new wave. So, Dude. most of the most of the people that were in the position of locked during that that, sh- that sharp increase to rates over that short period of time probably waited. Yeah, but you run an office too. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about with the, the other people? Did I
3: mean what, what would you say, Andy? Too, I mean, mm-hmm. do you, I mean most you people floated? They float, or do you think floated. they? hey, let's hold off for a second. Let's just see what's going on when we're looking.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it really, really depends. I mean, I think that if you're the buyer that's, you know, buying within that payment, you know, it, it, so the payment's everything. You want a $2,000 payment or whatever that is. Yeah. You do have to be very sensitive to your rates and you have to pay attention. But like when we're building new, I think most people sandbag, as I suggest, you know, by forty, fifty thousand. 50,000. So if they do decide to indulge a little bit on those upgraded light fixtures or the you know electric or whatever they decide to add maybe the deck at the last minute um they have the capacity within their loan budget to to accomplish that
3: yeah that's a whole nother thing too when you're building you know that you have to (laughs) kind of take into account we we always remember when we had that little battle about uh what's better existing or new construction which ones to go after (laughs) Jeez. I, uh, all oh, right. No,
0: it's it's always interesting. It's an interesting argument because you you know your your price is higher on the front end, but your cost to own it is lower, exactly. right? Because you don't have to fix anything. Everything's brand new. Those
3: association sure. fees versus no association fees. Yeah,
0: when you're
1: buying rental properties. Absolutely, but looks like another break. Yes, it is. But we'll be back with more of the real estate show here on Newstalk Stock Eight Three O W C C O. And once again, let's get back to the Real Estate Show here again, Chris and Andy. All right. So since we're supposed to do trivia the last time, why don't we
3: try it this time? Or did we? No, we did start trivia. Yeah, I
0: think we did. And yeah. it went off on Thanks something. Thanks for remembering. So, um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, so the old uh, analogy of a latte a day keeps the, uh, the house away, right? So a lot of our younger buyers... Nowadays have been, you know, out there and they they get busy in life. A latte
3: a day keeps the house away? Yeah. Is that what you
0: said? Yeah. Yeah. So we ran a little study. How many lattes do you have to not drink a day to save up a down payment in five years? Okay. So if you have a five-year plan, your kids are there to buy a house in New York, downtown New York, the average deposit. uh, Well, let me do it this way. How many lattes do you think you have to hold back on per day for five years to afford a down payment? in in new york city
3: i've sure. got a lot of money saved up from not having lattes because i've never had one
0: but oh, call them uh, a coffee. oh hot cocoa for you so how many hot cocos a day <laughs>
3: how about iced tea iced tea okay uh, how many iced teas a day mm-hmm. for five years okay 365. so
0: you're doing seven. new york travis what do you think it costs in chicago
2: i'm doing new york
0: how many lattes do you have to not drink <laughs> per day in chicago
2: not as much as New York, but probably pretty close. Right. Three a day for me.
0: Okay, so, Chris, you're actually at 6.8 lattes per day that you'd have to not drink. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay,
3: I'm good. Yeah. I'm good.
0: And, uh, Travis, you're, Ten at, years uh, my you're at about in. three lattes a day. But the good news is, guys, is in Minneapolis, it's actually an average of uh, 1.6. So your average purchase price here around three thirty-five to save $10,000 or $5.72 a day. You have to save 1.6 lattes a day. So there you go.
3: Is there, is there a <laughs> so drink out of the buffalo company. wings on that? Buffalo wings. Uh, How I many buffalo wings. <laughs> you
0: have to cut back to two pounds a day. <laughs>
3: Mine's like in six months I yeah. could buy a house. No, but, you place. know, I
0: think it's fun to make it for a younger person, tangible, to say, listen, you buy a, you know, you and you buy your friend a coffee. Like my daughter does that all the time. They swing by the old uh, coffee shop and buy each other coffees, and it's, you know, five, six bucks. They don't realize that. If they take that five, six bucks and throw it into their account, their savings account or whatever, they could, within a couple of years, be a homebuyer. And I think it's something to really think about. Okay. <laughs> Got anything else? Not all of us are I
3: know I'm be, Rooney. I know Down
2: I'm right. going to be using this a latte a day, keeps home ownership away line <laughs> in the future.
0: And so I start getting the hate mail from all the big coffee shops in ha- town.
2: I do have to tell a
3: story. This is a long time ago mm-hmm. and I won't mention any names, but... Um, I'll never forget, I sold the house to this uh, person, and uh, I got a call, like a frantic call. It was like two weeks before closing, and I got a really good deal on this house, and uh, I got a call, and I, I met this person at, at a restaurant. We were sitting down and talking, and they put a budget together and determined that there's no way they can buy this house. Mm-hmm. They can't buy it. I think at the time, it was probably $125,000, and probably could qualify for about 300000 at the time. And um, so we're going over it, and this person is saying, oh, well, my budget, and this and that. I said, well, let let me see your budget. And uh, in there was a can of pop a day that was in the budget, you know? So Mm -hmm. maybe you might might be onto something. But it was a 50-cent, you know, like that was there. That was part of the reason that this person could afford it. And it was – but. yeah. Long story short, mm-hmm. I mean, we got past that, bought it, and has bought many houses since. But I mean, just people nervous, yeah. you know, that hey, they're, that they're going to lose. Hey, I'm not going to be able to buy that latte a day. And that there's some truth to that. I remember when I bought my first house, right, in my payment. I assumed a mortgage. I put a little less than three thousand dollars down, which took a lot to get to that, and then mm-hmm. assumed a mortgage. And my payment was like six fifty four, and that was included in the association fee. And um, I had no idea how I was going to pay. There's no way I, I can't. I mean, you you can't do nothing, right. and you find a way in which to yeah, do it. it's my, amazing.
2: Typically, like when I qualify people, we always start with the payment and work backwards, as opposed to what they max out for. And and more times than not, people end up being higher than that payment, and they stress out a little bit. But once you get in the house and you start realizing what you have, people adapt really quickly, and you know they. Always make it work outside of you know. You content. start learning how to yeah. cook, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs>
3: instead of eat out every night.
0: Yeah, well, oh, interesting you bring that up, Chris. I've got another interesting fact oh, here. Boy. <laughs> so, if you take and you wait for a house, okay. So, for an example, everybody's anticipating that rates are going to creep up over the next year. So, if they go from three point six, roughly what they are today, an average two hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase price, and so your payments like eleven $1, hundred and thirty six bucks a month, roughly, right? So, if you wait till next year to buy that same house. The house appreciates to 263, so from 250 to 263, and rates are at 3.8%. What do you think that costs per so month? Rate goes so up. rates yeah. just go from 3.6 to 3.8. On a payment for that person, and the house went up a little bit in appreciation, the average payment goes up $91 a month. Over the year, it's almost $1,100. So I, of course, I equate that back to my lattes, right? So it's not only is.
3: that, plus it's the yeah. what the thirteen thousand more you paid.
0: R- well, and, and so, so over, in over thirty year. years, I calculated that that by waiting to go from three point six to three point eight, and the house appreciates thirteen thousand dollars, it costs that person over thirty two thousand dollars of additional interest over thirty years of that loan. So when rates mm-hmm. are where they're at right now, and they're oh, it's three point six or three point eight, it makes a huge difference for that person that does count their coffees or their or their cokes. Which those people out there listening, I do love those people. Budgets, I love budgets. You know. It, yeah. it, the power of, of money compounding is ridiculous.
3: And I think people don't do budgets because they don't want to be accountable to them. They just don't want to know. You <laughs> right. know, talk Another. to re- realtors about that all the time. Nobody knows what they spend or whatever because they don't want to know. Right. Exactly. You know, because then it's reality.
0: Isn't that the, what we teach people, though? The first thing you do in real estate is go buy a $1,000 a month car payment, you know, and <laughs> get that fancy car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that keeps them motivated or something. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. i be
0: said for that. So,
3: boy, that was. Good trivia.
0: I, you know, I try to help. Well, you know, and if you break it down, Chris, that's a nice sushi dinner, right? Once a month that you save by yeah. having those payments save, or it's a nice weekend getaway for somebody, or you can pay off your credit cards or whatever over a year. That's it. Just it's, it goes to show the power of if you have a job where your income is consistent and you know your salary or whatever. This is a great way to, to get ahead. You know, so
3: yeah, good stuff. <laughs> do you you, you have anything else i'm gonna Uh, spill
0: the coffee on your mic here pretty quick here we better
3: (laughs) we better figure out something else to talk about do you have anything else
0: well i wanted to go back to travis i mean travis you know when you look at the power of money right now and you look at when rates do i mean how exciting is that for you to to call somebody and say hey rates (coughs) you know corrected this week a little bit or got that much more attractive now you know this kind of information is something you can actually share with people
2: oh yeah yeah it's it's a a nice feeling there is you know, quite a few refis that I was working on, you know, late, uh, late August, early September. And, mm-hmm. you know, then we took that dive for or increase in rates. So, you know, we'll hold off, hold off. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, it was nice to be able to give them a call. It's like, OK, we're back to where we were. Thanks for your patience. Yep. You know, and, and uh, you know, and you proceed with it. So. What does your
0: crystal ball kind of say going into the uh, into the fall and into the winter? What do you think rates will
2: do? You know, it's if I knew that question, I'd probably be on my own island somewhere. But um, you know, it's geopolitical stuff mm-hmm. it sways things so much here these days. You know, personally, I think we're going to be relatively flat. Mm-hmm. You know, within you know a quarter, you know, up or down here and there. I don't really foresee anything jumping up too drastically mm-hmm. but i i think we're in line for, for for real solid rates here for the next you know year or so probably a little higher than where they are right now but nothing that's like you know closer to five than right. you know, four. Right.
3: so as you guys have been talking i've been kind of figuring out some stuff
0: i heard some clunking over there <laughs>
3: yeah, was. that was my brain <laughs> uh, but anyways i uh i i came up with to help your your trivia part or whatever it was um the whole payment thing i'm adding more sushi dinners on because yeah. let's just say that you didn't buy that $250,000 house and you waited till next year where well, you got to live somewhere yeah and so that $250,000 house is probably 1500 1600 a month in rent
0: oh at alone. least
3: so now you're losing you know $450 extra a month that's a lot of sushi
0: absolutely i mean and i think that those are you know that's our job as real estate agents and those that are listening i know a lot of us that are out there you know, we worry about what's happening in the economy. It's a big part of our job to be an educator and make sure that people understand the decisions they're making. Just because you see it on, you know, online, oh, it's cool to be a renter, I feel free, but their rents going up every year five percent. The write offs aren't as attractive. They're not writing off the interest. They're not actually gaining any appreciation in that house. Just like stocks or any kind of other investments, they can go up and down. But the thing is, is ultimately at the end of the day, if you hold it long term and you pay it off, eventually you have an asset there with a bunch of money. So the idea there is just, you know, obviously we're pro-housing. That's why we do this show. We believe in the American dream. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is it's it's just sometimes something so simple and so obvious that we overlook and getting involved younger with the kids. That's why I I really think it, it should be something they teach in the high school and junior high level, talking about how to sign a lease. How to buy a house? How to negotiate a car deal? You know, or whatever else. And it's just something that I think we as professionals need to get involved well,
3: with. We actually used to do that. Um, it was called Personal Applied Math Class. Darwin Bustleman at Prior Lake mm-hmm. High School. They did it, and that's what it was. It was all about that. And then I come in and do the real estate talk. I'm gonna, I know we got a break. Uh, I'm going to mention that because I think there's some really interesting things because when I was doing it was kind of in that 2006 to 2008 range hmm. for the kids.
1: Very cool. All right, we'll do that when we come back. Uh, more real estate show coming up here on uh, CCO. Let's get back to more uh, real estate show here again, Chris and Andy. All right. Gosh, it's coming to the end already. That was quick. But, you know, before the break, I
3: was talking about uh, that personal applied math class uh, that they did at Prior Lake. And I don't know if they do it anymore. And if they do, they, they don't invite me. Um, but That's
0: the hurdle that tripped you? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> it's been holding you back all these to- years? Totally. I don't know what's going on. But uh but in that class we went uh, we talked about real estate. Now these kids were mm-hmm. juniors or seniors in high school and uh I thought it was interesting because I was doing it in that 2006 kind of 2008 9. I did it for a number of years and uh one of the topics we talked about was foreclosure. Mm. You know, and how, you know, and how that happens and how that works and uh I got so many phone calls after that. I mean that these these kids Um, after class would talk to me, and they had no idea what their parents were going through, and that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And that it was like they didn't know if they were going to be out of their house that day, and you know, because that's something that, it's not something you just talk about, you know. It's kind of like you're trying to figure it out and trying to do it, and they didn't know if they were going to be out on the street or whatever, but it was really, um, I mean, so people understood, hey, here's what happens in that foreclosure process, you know, and and how it goes down the line, and you're not going to get kicked out tomorrow, and you have time in which to do it. And uh, kind of like the steps that they might be able to see because their parents weren't telling them.
0: Well, of course. And I think that you have that fear of, you know, hey, I'm going to be homeless or I'm going to have that house taken away. When are they going to come? And, and educating somebody on if they're in that unfortunate circumstance, you know, what their rights are and how they protect themselves and they protect their families is, is really critical. And I know actually a lot of the the um, local banks that, you know, there's not as much of that happening anymore because that's a very small topic. But they are spending the time to have people understand. They send them packages that so they understand their their rights as a, as a uh, you know actually a mortgage holder. Yeah. Um. And so the idea there is that, you know, education is a big big part of this. And I think that you know just like anything else, I mean, you know, you can we all have to have shelter of some kind, but if you can use that shelter to build a little wealth for you and your family, have that little nest egg that someday you can you know tap into and use as a resource. It's just, it's a cool deal.
3: Yeah. And I'll tell you what's, what was interesting about that whole thing. I've had since two of those kids that were in a class, they told me about it. They were in a the class. They ended up buying a house through us. Mm. And uh, and that's, everyone talks about these millennials and they're just worthless and, you know, whatever. I just don't see it. I, I see that they're, I mean, pretty darn responsible. I mean, these right. two kids saved up all their money and, you know, had enough money to be, you know, down payment and be able to buy a house. and. Um, but I think it had something to do with that well, before. Well, sure. You know, they, they ex- went through that and they, didn't, they don't want that to happen to them.
0: Right. They were exposed to it. You know, think about that for a second. When you're exposed to something like that and you see that, you go out of your way to avoid it. You know, that, that generation is the infomercial generation, too, where they've been sold, sold, sold from the time they were little kids on TV and everything else. And and it's one of those things where they're they're not as receptive to the same ads that, like, the Gen Xers are or, you know, like now the Gen Z generation coming up. Where, you know, you do like these, uh, we do a lot of these ad works things where we'll follow people and we run ads in front of them. And, you know, like, it's interesting when I bounce stuff off of my son and his buddies and they're like, yeah, that's that kind of advertising is kind of sick. You know, we don't like it or we, you know, or whatever. And so it's interesting is how they communicate and how they do things completely differently. You know, we're like new construction. We talk about that. Even the the millennials coming in and, and asking for gaming rooms. And you think gaming rooms. I mean, literally, the, you're talking mm-hmm. about 30-year-olds who love yeah. to play video games. And it's part of their culture that wasn't part of our culture. I mean, Atari's only take you so far, and we got bored with Pong, you know, and then these guys have amazing stuff that's out you there. Know,
3: and you, you talked about that two, three years ago about. Mm-hmm. You know, sh- shifting rooms into something like that, yeah. and to be able to create that kind of stuff, and uh, and it's true. And for marketing purposes, you know, doing a gaming room, and and it's who you're you're targeting. And nowadays, in social media, we have the ability to do that. We can. It used to be, hey, we just put on MLS, and this is what the house is. Mm-hmm. Now we can. Now we have the opportunity to be able to go out and say, hey, you know, um, like really uh, hit on one part of that house that. You know, you're trying to catch everyone when you're marketing yep. a place, but hey, maybe this one has a pool. It's all about lifestyle living. It's about the pool. And mm-hmm. by the way, you get the house that goes with it.
0: Or you think about this, the the gamer that is out there that actually wants that high-speed lines, and we don't think about that stuff. What is the speed at that house? And and what's funny is I've had houses where I'll do an open and the people will come through and say, well, the only reason my husband would look at this is because it has a 1.7 gig speed or whatever the numbers are, you know, and uh, and the, they, or they have fiber optic or they have whatever. And so it's interesting is that the different buyers coming in are using their houses differently. Just being able to, you know, respect that a little bit and understand that, hey, this formal dining room now may become a game room, may become a toys, kids play room, may become a, a spare bedroom, may become a whatever um, you know, if you're like my buddy Al up in Coon Rapids, he took his formal and, and turned it into a pool room because he's a single bachelor right. and, and his house is amazing for yeah. me. I just
3: and, drove uh, by uh, the yeah. other night um, when the twins were on. Yeah. Um, do you know I had to go to the emergency room, by the way, Monday night? I didn't tell you that. No. I just told everyone. I, I kneeled on my knee and it swelled up. I kneeled on it. This is horrible. <laughs> Ended up going in there. They did all these tests. It ends up being a nothing thing. If I would have just taken some Motrin, but anyways, is that where um, the entourage. It, it, yeah, there? but uh, when we, uh, on the way there. I was going by, and it was the Twinscape, and this guy, his garage was open. Oh, yep. my God. Like the coolest garage ever. Yeah. Set up with neon lights, and he had a bar in there, and all his friends were over there. Yep. But it was like, uh, and then he had the screen down, you know, the screens that go mm-hmm.
0: uh,
3: where the garage doors where are. the bugs
0: don't get uh, in or yeah, leave fan- whatever. Yeah, It
3: was fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, another marketing thing is is actually showing someone what a payment would be, and how do you get that lowest payment? I know there's adjustable rate mortgages that you can keep for a while, but I think, when we're talking about you know getting trying to get people in, be able to get them the lowest payment possible. What is it? I mean, those adjustable rates. I mean, they're to me. I I love them. I think they're great because they give you enough time to uh, whether you're yeah, going to move they, or whatever.
2: In this day and age, though, too, like those adjustable rates aren't that much lower than the thirty year fixed. Like I said, you should right always now. go with fixed rates. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know there's been margin I'm compression. I'm guessing they gave you some meds yeah.
0: for the knee. Still
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've actually been buying down, buying down uh, rates uh, quite a bit here with some of my. You're clients. buying down, yeah. So they're because mm-hmm. they're, they're thinking
3: long term there.
2: Yeah, and they're paying. You know, they're paying additional closing costs to get the lower rate to have the lower payment. Because you know, if you're if you're solely focused on payment, putting an extra couple thousand dollars down on the loan would only it only drops your payment like five bucks for every thousand. Right. Where you pay an extra couple thousand dollars to buy down that interest rate, now maybe you're saving 50 bucks a month.
1: Yeah, there you, you go. know,
2: so mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, I'm... Typically more of a fan to try and get a little bit more equity, but not everybody is, you know, in that position to do that. So um, buying down a rate is is a good way to uh, get that payment a little bit cheaper, assuming you have the cash to do it or there's seller paid closing costs to help cover it.
0: Yeah, I just I think that we all think, you know, and I hear it more now with the millennials than ever is that they're they're thinking, hey, we're going to stay in this house forever and I used to think that too. And then you move, you know, three times or whatever in the meantime and, or you buy the cabin or you, you know, you kind of live up to your means a lot of times. Or if you make more money, you may want a nicer home, whatever the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think what's interesting about millennials is they do carry a little bit more of a conservative view of housing. They buy what they need. They take advantage of great rates. And I think they're just a smart generation, really, Mm -hmm. the ones that are out there doing it.
3: And if you need those uh, good interest rates, go to travismnloans.com. Or you can also find him and Andy and I at andyandrooney.com.
1: Very good, guys. And we'll uh, see you back here next week with more of The Real Estate Show. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. How powerful is Cox Internet?